You're listening to Project Good Boss, the podcast with your host, Anna Shepherd. Good boss, well, you got to be a good boss. Let me hear you sing a good boss. Now come on, work hard, work hard, work hard. Oh, you got to be a good boss. Project Good Boss is a podcast dedicated to understanding the business benefits of kindness in leadership. We cover topics including, and not limited to, leadership equality, psychology, social impact, decent work and economic growth. All delivered with a little splash of good vibes. Now you got to be a good boss! On this episode of Project Good Boss, I will be spending some time with Nikki Beaumont, who is the founder and CEO of Beaumont People. Possessing over 30 years recruitment industry experience, Nikki founded Beaumont in 2001 and from the very first day of operating, Nikki's success has been down to the investment she makes in her people. A people first philosophy where people are nurtured and motivated to achieve their personal best, not only for the business, but most importantly for themselves. And in 2019, Beaumont people were also recognised as one of the best places to work in Australia. Earlier this year, 2020, they actually came number four for best places to work for companies with under 100 employees. This validates even further Nikki's unwavering dedication and belief in placing people first. She's so passionate about the non-for-profit sector and in the peak of the global crisis in 2019, Nikki actually founded a non-for-profit division in order to both amplify her contributions to the sector way beyond just corporate donations and volunteering efforts. And in 2019, Beaumont People was celebrated for having saved 320 charities, more than 20 million in recruitment fees through this model alone. Nikki has been recognized with a Lifetime Achievement Award by the RCSA and is ranked as one of the top 10 entrepreneurs in 2018. But above all, Nikki is recognized as a standout industry leader with a very, very big heart. Nikki's also on our advisory council and has been a massive support and contributor to Bambuda along the way. So we're super proud to have you on the show today. Hello and welcome to Project Good Boss. I'm so excited today to be here with Nikki Beaumont, who I don't know if you have heard of Nikki, is quite an uh, inspirational leader here in, in Sydney. Hello, Nikki. Welcome to Project Good Boss. Thank you very much, Anna. Delighted to be here. So we, uh, we're going to give you a few questions today because the word on the street is you've been doing some awesome stuff, not just for your people, because we know that you put people first, but also the community and your whole business model is based around making the world uh, just that little bit of a better place. So I'm going to ask you a few questions today just to dig a little bit deeper on who is Nikki? Because we've seen the Nikki of Vermont people, and I've personally learned a lot more about you the past couple of years and, you know, seen your life up in Byron. And you're a, you're a city girl with a big heart that's also really into the great outdoors. So I just want to open with a little question, maybe to understand you a little bit more about where are you actually from? Where are you from? And actually, what's your go-to order at your favourite hometown restaurant just to get the ball rolling? Uh, where am I from? Well, I'm currently from Muribar, um, which is in northern New South Wales in the Byron hinterland. Um, and we've lived here for four years. Previous to that, 16 years in Sydney, but previous to that, 
north of England, just like yourself, Anna. Oh, yeah. Um, That's kind of from. <laughs> I'm a Yorkshire last, Lincolnshire last, sort of lived on the uh, Yorkshire-Lincolnshire border there. Um, favourite restaurant? Do you know, I thought about this. I actually don't have a one favourite local restaurant. I've got lots of favourite local restaurants, but anything tapas always appeals to me. Um, and we do, I think my most frequently visited restaurant would be either Next High in Lennox Head, which is my daughter's favourite, or the Bangalore Pub. I just love the Bangalore Pub, um, my local pub, because it's, it's a good Aussie local pub and you'll always meet a local in there and uh, it's just a fabulous place to go and hang out for a little while. So I'm missing those, I have to be honest, at this time. When we, uh, we don't have the restaurants and bars to go to, I'm really missing just a wander down on a Friday night to our local pub. And that's a very North British British thing, isn't it? Just pop into the pub on a Friday night for a bit of grub and a, a nice cheeky beverage. So, yeah, well, welcome. And I, I'm very glad we bumped into each other here in Australia. Uh, a lot of the Northerners would say we're, we're, we're incredibly passionate about being from the north of England, although we all seem to leave and move to the other side of the world, which is quite interesting. But um, you've done some amazing stuff over the past couple of years, Nikki. Um, regarding business, what actually drives and motivates you to run a business as consciously as you do? And when we're talking about consciousness, we're talking about you know, being a leader that's really aware of the impact that you can have. So tell me the story about how you decided to create your business. Mm, okay. So um, I have a recruitment business and I've been in recruitment now, it's actually 32 years all up been in recruitment, which does sound like an awfully long time, doesn't it? Um, I used to work for some of the big recruitment names in the UK many years ago and um, before I came to Australia so back in the 90s and you know one of the things that I realized very early on as a leader was that my success as a leader my success in business my success in the role that I was in at the time was you know was down to my people you know I mean I, I certainly played a part in that but the people that were at the front line, you know, the people at the coalface, the people actually doing the work were by far the most important thing to me. And, you know, my job I learned as a leader was to look after them. You know, my job was to, you know, support them, help them out, you know, uh, make sure that they had all the tools that they need to be successful. Um, and I learned that as a, as, a, as a relatively young leader. And working for the big corporates as I was at the time, what I found, unfortunately, was that decisions were often made at a higher level that impacted the people in a negative way, you know. And, and I don't think that was their intention. Their intention was to make decisions that were making the business more profitable, but, but it was often at the cost of the people, you know, whether it be capping commissions for people as, you know, some new measure that was coming in, despite how successful people were being or what salary they were on or whatever. So I, I became actually very passionate about looking after my people more and more as decisions were made that weren't putting people first, um, you know, ever the one to be a little bit awkward. Um, I was the, the one who was like, hey, you know, this is right, you're gonna look after your people and those decisions are all about making profit and you know, it'll turn out you know, on its head for you if, you if you don't consider the people that 
you know, out here in the branches working away. So I always vowed that when I opened um, my business, it would be based around placing people first, that I would do the right things, that I wouldn't change things for the benefit of the profitability of the business, but at the detriment of the people. So that's kind of where my inspiration came from. And I, I was always going to open up my own business. That, I mean, I, was, I started my first business when I was about 16 years of age, um, probably younger than that, actually. Um, so having my own business was naturally always going to be there. My parents both had their own businesses. I was always an entrepreneur from being a child. Um, and I always, you know, I'm a bit, I like to do things my own way. You know, I don't, I'm not very good at, I'm not very good with corporate handcuffs. You know, I'm a bit, bit left of centre, like to do things a bit differently, you know, like to, to you know, I don't know, try something new. I'm, I'm, I'm not very risk averse at all. I, I quite like risk, you know, so they were all, they were all natural things within me, but it's always been centred around doing the right things by your people and, and caring very much by your people um, has been, for me, you know, most important elements. Yeah, and, and you can really see that within everything that you do. And, and it's definitely something I've noticed over the past couple of years, having worked as a partner with Vermont, is just how absolutely dedicated you are to the detail of looking after the people that come into contact with you, not just your own staff, but also... Coming on to what you do that makes the world a better place, can you tell me how much money you've managed to save charities and non-for-profits since you opened Vermont People? Because this absolutely blew my mind when I saw this figure. Mm, yeah. So um, it, the figure, well, it'd probably be about $21 million now, actually, which is it's quite a big figure, isn't it, really? Um, yeah, we celebrated in September last year, reaching the $20 million milestone. And, and look, I mean, the, the simple way that we do this is that we set um, the charity division up 10 years ago through the GFC, actually 11 years ago now through the GFC, actually. Um, so during a really difficult time then, 10 years ago, we um, set out to support charities with recruiting for them at an absolutely base cost of operating. So we charge them just enough to cover our cost. Um, and we we you know we don't aim to make money out of charities whatsoever it's the idea is give them a recruitment service at low cost keep their fabulous money in their charity pockets doing the great things that they do so um the inspiration came because i was always doing various fundraising for this and fundraising for that and i was always i don't know disappointed with the amount that i could fundraise you know i could work really hard on trying to get a trivia night up and running and all we would raise would be $15,000, you know, and it just seemed to me that it was never enough. So, um, and so I always wanted to support charities in a bigger and better way. I didn't necessarily think I'd get to the $20 million mark. Um, and look, there's plenty more, you know, there's plenty more to come in the future, but that, that, that's how we do it. So we provide them with a recruitment service at cost and the, the 20 million is the difference between what we charge them and what, we would charge them or what our normal commercial fees. So it's the savings that we make. Yeah. And that's a really good example of, because, you know, what obviously what we're trying to do throughout these interviews to all these leaders is look at what is the correlation between successful business and leaders that are, you know, unapologetically leading the way through different business model strategy, through doing things slightly differently. And while giving to charities a brilliant concept and you know makes the world a better place 
the sustainability and the longevity of impact um, is something that we find quite interesting with you, Nikki, is your very business model has been based around that change and, and has managed to save such a massive amount of money as a result of that. Do you think there's business benefits to having a, a, a purpose-led brand and a purpose, you know, for-purpose business? Absolutely, there is, you know. Um, and when I set this up 10 years ago or so, um, I, I didn't even think of it as being purpose-led. You know, there, there weren't really words that we used. It's only more recently that I've realised, oh, actually, that's what I've been doing for all these years. Um but I mean, the benefits that I've enjoyed over the years, you know, for one, besides that, it's actually been really beautiful to be able to make such an impact across so many, so many different charities. The team that work within the charity sector absolutely love what they do and they love the impact that they can make and learning about different charities and, you know, all that goes on out there is, is really quite incredible. So it's really beautiful for the team that work on it. It's something different that we do. As far as I'm aware, there is nobody still in Australia that has copied our model and does this. what we do. Well, why would they? You know, we don't make any money out of it. So, you know, why would they? Um, so it's quite nice to be unique. Um, and then all the commercial side of my business, you know, the, the team on the commercial side, they get to work with the charities by sharing candidates. They get to share the story. So everybody feels the impact of it. And, you know, companies choose to work with us over and above working for other with other recruitment businesses, not just because um, we provide a really great service, which we do, but because of the story around, you know, the impact that we, we make and the stuff that we do for charities. And, and look, saving money is only a part of what we do now. We do so much more, so much other value-added stuff, what we're mentoring programs that we've done over the years. And we share our office space with, a number of charities who come in and use our boardroom and um, we provide lots and lots of free training and value-added events so the, the list goes on and um, has continued to go on you know as we've got a closer relationship with charities we find lots of other needs and so we find lots of other ways that we can help um, and we can partner with charities to help and make a difference you know just silly things like letting them use our boardroom um, for a day to run their training or to have board meetings, you know, that saves them a couple of thousand dollars that they use hiring some space elsewhere to do it. So, you know, all those little things, they all add up and they all make a difference and they all, they all give us the chance to really partner and, you know, offer support, which we love. You know, we love doing that. It makes us feel good. And there's a correlation, isn't there, between, um, you know, leadership that, that do good for the world and that correlation between well-being and feeling good. And that kind of takes me on to, you know, I know when I first met Nikki, I was like, oh, this is a, you know, corporate high flyer and she's, she's really got it together and she's this awesome leader and so inspirational. And actually, until I visited you in your home turf, I had no idea how much of an outsidey you know, countryside kind of girl you were um, and how important that was to you. So would you like to share with me your relationship with nature? I know that's quite specific. How does nature help you be good and balanced and support your leadership style in any way? Yeah, yeah, look, I, I am absolutely an outdoor 
was and always have been. I'm brought up in the countryside in north of England, as you know. Um, so I've always been an outdoors girl. And the first time I ever lived in the city was when I moved to Sydney. You know, I'd never really seen high rises before. I lived on a farm in England before I came to Australia and then and then lived in an apartment in Sydney. Um, and four years ago when we moved up here um, to um, Yuribar, uh, to finally, you know, move out of the city and live in the country. So we have 100 acres. We have cattle. We've got donkeys. We've got horses. We've got alpacas. We've got chickens. Um, and so I, you know, I spend my time outdoors, you know, with, with the animals. Obviously, we've got plenty of those to look after. Um, but just, you know, helping on the farm, you know, whether it be digging in the garden, weeding, you know, growing our own vegetables. Um, it's it is important to us to be outside, to be outdoors, and to bring our daughter up, who's twelve, and uh, very much in an outdoor environment. So she spends her time outside with the chickens, climbing trees, you know, swinging on a rope over the over a creek, um, camping as we did last weekend and um, on the weekend before, even though we we're in isolation. So we're out there camping, building a fire. Um, and you know what? It's a, it's a really nice balance um, for me to be outdoors in nature, in the fresh air, to, you know, sitting here in front of a computer on a Zoom meeting, you know. Or, um, so for me, it's, it's, it's about balance. And, and for me, um, both of them give me joy in different ways, but I do need a bit of both. I do need to be outdoors and I will take every opportunity to be outdoors. So you'll never see me sitting on the couch um, watching Netflix. That's not, not in my makeup at all. If I can be outside, I'm outside. Yeah. Lovely. And I mean, you, you, your daughter, I met your daughter and she's, she's turning into a sustainability warrior and a young entrepreneur herself, isn't she? Mm, yes, she is. <laughs> yes, she's not uh, fallen far from the tree, as they'd say in Yorkshire. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. She is. So, but she's an absolute outdoor lover. But she's very passionate about animals and about the climate. So, yeah, I tell you. I mean, you, you you've seen the good side of her, but you know, she uh, she's forever giving me a hard time if I forget to turn a light off or don't recycle something that should be recycled. So she keeps us all in check. Um, in terms of the right things that we should be doing. You know, her generation is um, luckily much wiser than my generation was. So, uh, yes, I'm learning from my daughter all the time. And a great example of the next generation and the expectations the next generation are going to bring to the workplace as well, which we're going to cover in a whole other topic and a whole other podcast. But I just want to talk to you before we go, because I'm going to do a quick fire round with you in a minute and get, and get under the lid with Nikki. But how do you deal with pressure and challenges, you know, to keep being a conscious leader in business? Tell me, tell me an example of that. Like, you know, business is such a stressful place. And look at the current situation now with COVID. You know, you're constantly under pressure. How do you maintain that level of kindness in leadership? How do you keep yourself composed? How do you keep striving forward when you are under significant pressure and you are dealing with such a massive amount of challenges? Mm, yeah, look, I I definitely naturally go to the, um, I, I, I'm a positive person. I, I do have a very positive mindset. So, you know, I always look for the positives in any situation. In fact, I, I think 
um, I'm one of these people who can be quite annoying when it comes, you know, someone's talking about a problem, I'm looking for the positives and I'm pointing out the positives and they just really want to get out the fact that there's lots of negative stuff. But I, I do tend to be always looking for the positives in any situation anywhere, you know, and even now in COVID, you know, the positives are that, you know, the new world of work could be a whole lot better for a whole lot of people who, let's just take the simpleness of needing more flexibility from to work from home that people have not had before well guess what I think there's going to be a lot more of that available moving forward so you know looking for the positives for me it does come naturally and um, I do have a good cracking northern sense of humor which helps you know so a couple of weeks ago I um I decided it would be really funny to jump into our company-wide meeting when everybody's all, you know, still worried about what's going to happen. Our job flow is, you know, 10% of what it was uh, a matter of months ago. I thought it'd be really funny if I found a, a wig, a fancy dress, dressing up wig, put it on my head and came into the meeting incognito. Um, what I did wrong, though, was I actually jumped into somebody's interview instead of jumping into the company <laughs> meeting. Oh! It's like a really badly done undercover boss, undercover project, good yes. boss. But you just ruined somebody's yes. interview. It's like, well, this is this is yeah. the leader of this organisation. <laughs> Brilliant. On the screen. So the, the consultant was like, hang on, is that Nikki? But it, oh, and she realised what was going on and was like, what is she doing with that wig on and those sunglasses coming into my interview? but quickly kicked me out of the interview and only just managed to compose herself but i think she spent the next three days laughing very, um, very so look, there's, my, there's my example of a sense of humor positive mindset and you know first first and foremost it's got to be placing people first you know if you if you think about the people you know if you think about the people in your organization or outside of your organization the clients the candidates you know i was just saying earlier that you know we're we're picking up the phone and speaking to our clients and our candidates and saying how can we help you know we realize you might not be recruiting we might not have jobs to help you with at the moment but we're interviewing candidates and we're asking how we can help and we're giving people advice etc um, and we're looking for the positives you know through this time so um yeah yeah that's some of my tips and i want to i want to just cover a few of your achievements before we hot seat you You've supported 320 charities, 21 million in recruitment fees for them alone. You've funded, a, a full, funded in full a non-for-profit leadership mentoring program and you've provided hundreds of complimentary T&D events with industry leading speakers for charity professionals. But you've also been given a Lifetime Achievement Award by the RCSA. And if that's not enough, uh, one of the top 10 women entrepreneurs in 2018. Like, in all honesty, I think all of that's pretty well deserved. And I'm not just saying that because you're one of our advisory board members. You, you are really genuinely a good boss and a leader and an inspiration for others to really follow suit because you do business well, you look after yourself well and you look after your people and, and that's what's really proven successful. But I'm going to hot seat you now. Are you ready? So cool. as a leader, what is the one thing you could change in the world if you could? Uh -huh. Uh, it would have to be our impact on the environment. I mean, you know, across the world, the incredible impact uh, that we are having and we have had on the environment. And well, there's one positive about COVID that that's happening already out there, you know, so there's, there's one positive. 
What do you wish you had known when you started out? That's an endless list because I made I've made all the mistakes that there are every single one of them. But I think one of the big learnings for me, looking back, is focus on what's critical, what needs to be done, and don't get tied up with all the other fun stuff. You know, designing this and getting that set up. Just focus on what's actually going to bring in business. Focus on what's going to result in sales if that's what you need to get your business up and running. And I, I wasn't very good at doing that at the very beginning. I was busy designing brochures and all sorts of lovely things. What has been your proudest moment as a business owner, Nikki? Um, there's two. Uh, my $20 million saved to charity so far, or $21 million. The other one is um, last year we were voted ninth best place to work in Australia, which was amazing. I'm very excited Ooh, about that. Round of applause. What's your biggest failure, Nikki? I've had lots and lots and lots of lots and lots of little failures, like loads. I mean, I've made them all. You know, there's no doubt that I've made them all. Um, but I tend to, I don't tend to think of them as failures. I th- tend to think of them as learning opportunities, probably. So maybe that's why I couldn't think of one. I've done loads. I mean, I've done them all. I really have done them all. That was a very good recruitment answer. Well done, Nikki. What should we expect to see in the future from you? Um, I think just a new world of work. I'm excited to see how that changes. I'm excited to see how we all embrace technology differently, more flexibility in the workplace, more opportunity to employ people from different places. You know, what's to stop me? We're working perfectly well from home at the moment. We've got, you know, 38, 40 people all working from home and it seems to be working pretty well. You know, we're all communicating, etc. We, So I think, you know, I can employ somebody from Broken Hill now and they can add to the team in Perth without necessarily worrying about it. So um, maybe the Melbourne, Mel- Melbourne will finally really get a focus on Melbourne, but um, a-, a new world of work I'm really very excited about with more opportunities for everybody. Well, if you heard that loud and clear, everyone, Vermont People is going to be expanding into all sorts of nooks and crannies across Australia as a result of the uh, current crisis in hand. So they're friendly, they're beautiful human beings, and they absolutely place people first. Thank you for your time today, Nikki. Thank you for your ongoing support for Bambuda, and we'd love to check back in with you later down the line just to see how you're going. Thanks again and take care. Thanks very much, Anna. It's my pleasure. Big love to you too. You do a great job. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Project Good Boss. Bambuda Group is a social enterprise providing leadership coaching for corporate leaders, business owners and operators. We believe in a future where every leader is committed to creating a sustainable world of equality and opportunity for everyone. If you are a game-changing leader and you have an amazing story of how your business is making the world a kinder and a better place, we would love to hear from you. Visit bambudagroup.com or slide up into our DMs. And finally, you should know, for every paid member we have in our network, we provide scholarships to reduce inequalities in leadership and business. Thank you to Sonic Union for editing this episode. Lo Roberts for writing and performing Project Good Boss and design by Flair Creative. Thank you for being kind today. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again next time. Ah!